Well, hello. This is Never Seen It, a podcast about movies we haven't seen yet. My name is Trent. I'm here with my wife, Betsy. That's me. Hey, Betsy. Well, we're going to continue on with our cult classic series. We are indeed. With number three. Today, we're going to go back to the 80s. We had two in the 90s. The next two are going to be in the 80s. Indeed, they are. Just to have a little bit of a spoiler for our final one. A sneak peek. Yes. Today, Betsy, we are going to watch a movie neither of us have seen. This is true. Even though we are fans of this gentleman. Uh Uh-huh. We are going to watch the 1989 cult classic UHF. That is what we are watching. From none other than Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic himself. Yeah. His one and only movie to the best of my knowledge. He only let him make one. But what a one it was, maybe? Maybe. I, I understand that a lot of people who are fans of Weird Al really like this movie because it's all him. This is all his brain. Right. I suspect it'll be weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> knowing his music, knowing the music videos, mm-hmm. just kind of his sense of humor. Yeah. Letting the man run wild in his prime It's probably just absurd, (laughs) but like good absurd. Yeah. And from what I know now, I don't have a long, long history with Weird Al. I think you have a much longer history with him than I do. I would say mid nineties, whatever album came out around 94, 95, somebody like made a copy of it on a cassette because you know how you used to tape things onto mm-hmm. other tapes and give mm-hmm. them to people uh-huh yeah my sister had one and that was the first and only time i had heard weird al up to that point point. and i had never had any kind of like physical thing that whether it was a tape or a cd or anything i never had a weird al thing neither did i it's just one of those that it was just one of those things where he would be on TV. He, his One of his music videos would be on TV, on VH1 or MTV. He had a TV show for a while. That's true. Like late 90s. Yeah, yeah. So whenever he, he happened to be on TV, that was my exposure to Weird Al. And then I think most people really found out about him uh, when Phantom Menace came out. In what way? Because he put out that song that was like, before Phantom Menace came out, based on what he had heard in the very early days of the internet, and from the trailer, he pieced together what this plot was, and he did a spoof of American Pie, and he did a Star Wars song. Have you seriously never heard this? I don't think so. (laughs) My, my, this here Anakin guy, maybe Vader someday later, now he's just a small fry. Are you serious (laughs) right now? No, I've never heard this. Okay, well, we're going to listen to that later. We don't have the rights to play it during this episode. But yeah, that was kind of the big thing. He he took educated guesses about what the movie was, and he released that song strategically before the movie came out. Jeez. And it went, you know, mega viral. Yeah. For a song that could go viral before the internet really made sure. things do that. And and he was a, a big pioneer with a lot of internet-related stuff. Because he's a big fucking nerd. He is. He really is. And then, you know, a few years later, we had, like, 
uh, White and Nerdy, yeah. which is like a tremendous music video. I fucking love that. <laughs> there is a cut of that that he put out. It's just like the entire length of the song, uninterrupted, unedited, of Donny Osmond dancing, just freestyle. Oh, yes, you've shown me this. And it's so funny. Oh, my God. It's just they pointed the camera and said, dance. And he <laughs> did it. And he does not hold back. So that's the kind of thing that Weird Al does. He brings that out of people. <laughs> yeah. So, again, my exposure to him was all 80s and 90s, early, early 90s. Yeah. Like a lot of his Michael Jackson stuff. And his Madonna stuff. Like the early, early weird stuff. Al. That that's what I know. And like I, I would like the white and nerdy thing with the thing with from a chameleonaire. Remember mm-hmm. chameleonaire? Sure. <laughs> anyway, um, so suffice it to say, we are fans of Weird Al to whatever extent you want to have that. But as far as this movie, we barely talked about this movie. What do you know about UHF? So This is, I think, a television station, and I don't know how it comes to pass, but basically, he is given full control, and he makes all of the content. Yeah. That's how I understand this movie to be, Mm -hmm. so it's just his imagination going buck wild. (laughs) Seems that way, and he, like recruits his friends to come on and make make shows right it's like a ragtag team yeah just put let's put on a show kind of energy (laughs) i guess it's kind of like the early days of cable access yeah we didn't really have cable access shows all that much where we grew up but i was aware of like we had a children's television show produced locally in this area from starting like the 50s or 60s. A very, very long-running thing. It was beloved. It was very beloved, called Captain 11. 11 being the channel number of the local TV station. And he was one of the news anchors. He just put he on was a little the costume. He yeah. was the weatherman of the local TV station. <laughs> and he would, like, go around and, like, all the local kids would come and he, you get toys and prizes and whatever And they else. show cartoons. And they show cartoons. And it was, like, a Saturday morning kind of a thing. That's the closest thing that I can really think of. But this would be more of more of an ad, not adult natured thing because this is PG thirteen and yeah. this is not going to be like Weird Al isn't dirty. No, I think if if anything, it'll be towing the line of raunchy. Sure, but not like he's not even raunchy. So I think it's just this is not a movie you show children. But I guarantee no. his prime audience for this film is children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say Weird Al is more like. Not quite toilet humor, but like rude humor. It's stupid. Yeah. And he's clever. He's like stupid and clever. (laughs) And I don't know. He's managed to stay relevant for 40 years. That's insane. They're making a movie about him, Trent. I know. (laughs) It's going to be so absurd because it's like a serious biopic, but it's a comedy. Right. It's it's (laughs) like, it's a, it's a, it's a biopic slash dramedy slash mockumentary. I think it's more of a mockumentary type of thing. Oh, it's going to be so great. I'm so excited. When does that come out? Soon? I would say probably soon. That's, um, what is it? It's a Daniel Radcliffe doing weird. Al, what a weird, weird casting Why not? That is. Why not? If you're playing it seriously just to be like really meta and stupid, it is so perfect. But that's the thing. You cannot play Weird Al seriously. 
No. Because he's not a serious person. No. I've never seen the man, like, sit down and really have a conversation with somebody. No. He's no. always goofy. He's always telling jokes. He's weird. He's just weird, Al. So, Betsy, let's go and watch, for the first time, Weird Al's 1989 classic, UHF. We'll be right back. And we are back. UHF Betsy, number three on the cult classic list. What'd you think of that one? That is an incredibly stupid movie. And I loved every minute. (laughs) (laughs) Betsy, if there was a movie that would put a pinpoint on a lot of our senses of humor. Oh my God. That was it. We love stupid shit. Like I have said this for years, like stupid things make me happy. And I love bad jokes and bad puns and stupid sight gags. And this movie has all of them. All of them. It's all over the place. Uh, Yes. And it starts from the get-go. Yes. It's like, wait, what am I watching? Oh, a shot-for-shot remake of Raiders of the Lost Ark. (laughs) (laughs) To a point, but yeah. To a point, but it basically is. But then they, you know, uh, subvert your expectations like... Indiana Jones has a whip. So, of course, Weird Al has a whip. But instead of taking the gun out of his hand, he whips a guy's arm off. (laughs) And that's in the first 30 seconds of the movie. And it just gets dumber from there. This movie is jam-packed. And for a movie that's only an hour and a half long, it felt longer because there was so much in it. Like, from front to back, we got parody after parody after parody. We even got a couple of songs I didn't even know existed. Oh, yeah. In the middle of the movie, if you're going to have Weird Al make a movie, why yeah. not have him do a full-length parody song? <laughs> right. And, of course, you have you have this budget available to, to you as a movie. Yep. You're going to use that budget to go all out. Oh, yeah. And they do... Every moment of this movie, but it's so like low budget in production value. Sure. But again, so dumb, so delightful. And because there's so many things that we're not going to be able to cover everything because some of them are such little sight gags that you just need to see this for yourself. And I'm frankly shocked that we both made it 30, <laughs> what, three years, 33 yeah. years yeah. before watching this movie. It's incredible. And I don't know, like you said, I don't know what it was. I think it's mainly availability because UHF is is not been a movie. Like we've had this on our list for a while. A while. That we've wanted to see this because we're, but we, we've covered it in the beginning. We are Weird Al fans, but it's not one of those like classic comedies that you just have to see. It's like off to the side, only the fucking weirdos who like Weird Al. That's us. We're the weirdos. We are absolutely those weirdos that love this shit. And I cannot believe nobody else forced me to watch this movie at some point. Sometimes I think I just 
miss so much because I didn't have that one person in my life yeah. showing me all the stupid shit. Right. You know, that older sibling or that goofy cousin I or the weird that. uncle. I have right. plenty of weird uncles and none of them showed me this. No, and I, I've never really had that person in my life until I met you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. It's, it's true. true. <laughs> and, like, for you and I to be able to to share this and enjoy it together that's the best thing. Me sitting down and watching this by myself, it wouldn't be as funny. Oh, no. Like, you might do it now, but with me in your head. <laughs> like, I'm going right. to come home. And it's like, what did you do today? I watched UHF. Because <laughs> you do that. Sometimes you watch a movie with me, and then I find out later you've watched it like eight times without me. <laughs> Here and there, yeah. Or at least you skim through it. Um, you know, this is one of those you would expect. We've talked about it a lot recently. The cable movie. Yeah. This is the sort of thing I would expect to see show up on cable. No. Never. No. I've never seen this movie show up anywhere. And you know, this would be an easy movie to put on. Number one, it's short. Yep. Number two, there's nothing that you have to edit out. There's no swearing. There's no cursing. And the only thing that gives it, I think, a higher rating on the scale is blood. There's blood, eh. and it's goofy, stupid, fake blood. Like, it's yeah. comedic blood to the yeah. point that it's absurd mm -hmm. every time it happens. So I, I, I'm with you that I wish this was on more back when I had had, had access to cable. Yes. Because I would have probably just fell into watching this at some point. Because I, I feel like this movie is hearkening back to a time when we were kids, and we had things like... Bill Nye the Science Guy. We had yes. Reading Rainbow. We had Beekman's Mr. World. Mr. Rogers. Yeah. We had all of these like low budget syndicated things that we just ended up getting access to because we had TVs and we had broadcast stuff and and it got syndicated PBS everywhere. PBS or syndicated Saturday morning stuff. All that shit. Yeah. I remember so many of these things and just being enamored with it. And this is hearkening back to those days. Well, and I just love a good spoof. This is oh, great. Yeah. This is, and it's so many rapid fire. Like they oh, had, yeah. they don't have fully fleshed out ideas. They so just I have think, names. I think that's <laughs> the thing that people probably go, oh, well, this isn't a good movie because the ideas, there's just throwing out like a one line joke. That's that is so the fucking joke. great. That's the joke. There's things like Conan, the librarian. Right. And it's a guy doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression and he is in the library and he's just like, you don't know the doing decimal system right. and then throwing guys. It's so stupid, but it made me laugh. Uh, there is Gandhi too. Yep. He's back and he's not a pacifist anymore. And it's just like Knight Rider, but it's Gandhi. Right. Gandhi to the revenge. Yeah. And then there's like stupid game shows like Wheel of Fish. Wheel of Fish. What the fuck? Who gets excited about Wheel of Fish? You know, I feel like with, um, with Weird Al... He went on a very different trajectory than like an Adam Sandler. And Weird yes. Al could have been another Adam Sandler and like been given like budgets like crazy to go off and make movies. And he could put all of his friends in his movies. Yep. And it would just be a different thing every time. But he's still Weird Al. Mm -hmm. Just like Adam Sandler was just Adam Sandler in all of those 
90s movies that he made. Oh, yeah. He made half a dozen movies in yeah. the 90s and early 2000s. And it's the same, like, six guys. Yeah, it's the same six guys who he puts in his movies. Yep. And he's pretty much the same character. Pretty much. But it's funny and that it works. But Weird Al, I feel like the shtick would get old. It gets old yeah. with Adam Sandler, which is why Adam Sandler right. is doing things like uncut gems now. Right. Because he knows he can't do the Adam Sandler shtick the older he gets. <laughs> well, uh, just, He'll ask, try. just ask Netflix uh, what they think about that. Okay, They but give him like a six movie deal. That's going to be wrapping up soon, though, because we've gotten quite a few already. Well, he even did like the romantic comedies back in the 2000s and 2010s. Oh, yeah. Him and Drew Barrymore, they yeah. pair up about once every 10 years is their joke. <laughs> right. And that's okay, but... I don't know. I don't want to talk about Adam Sandler. We're not talking about Adam Sandler. We're talking about Weird Al. But yeah, that's my point And yeah, point I here. think he, you're he, right. He could have done that if he was a different kind of comedian, but he's not. No. He is himself. And you can tell from this movie that this is written, this is kind of like when we watched Clerks, where it's dialogue, Yeah. but it's very much dialogue from a first-time filmmaker, because yeah. everything was like weird TV and stage acting from this era yeah. in this movie where it's just like, ah, oh, gee, Sharon, I don't know what to do about that thing. Like, <laughs> right. it's just very stiff <laughs> and awkward. Like, you're reading the lines, but I can tell right. this is the first time you've said it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not, I'm not that concerned about no. the acting and, like, the dialogue. What I appreciated was the fact that this was clearly the movie he wanted to make. Yes, it there was. There was no compromises. There's no filter. They gave him the budget that he needed to do the things that he wanted to do. That's what's so great about this is he he gets to be the station manager at a rinky-dink operation. Yep. But they look like they are having the highest budget production TV shows that you could possibly come up with. Right, and they're actually making TV shows? How the hell are they doing this? I don't know. It doesn't what? make any sense. This movie does not make any sense. Like, it all just falls into place for him. He's a dreamer who keeps getting fired from jobs because his imagination is just too big. <laughs> and then his uncle wins a, a TV station in a poker game. <laughs> it's exactly the plot of an 80s fucking B-movie. Absolutely. <laughs> and then he gets there and he's just like, well, what can we do with this? And he just starts producing TV shows. Right. With what budget? I don't know because the whole problem is there is no budget. They're going to be bankrupt in like four days. <laughs> and they just fall into things. Yeah. And, you know, their big success starts because they have a janitor they shove on TV. So I want to talk about this. This is Michael Richards. Yes. 1989. I looked this up, Trent. This movie came out the same month. Seinfeld premiered. Remember how Seinfeld started in the 80s? No, nobody does. So yeah, this is Michael Richards doing a preamble to Kramer. Yeah. He's doing the same character, but stupider. And not the same character, but he's doing the same the, kind of the physicality. Like physicality. The physical comedy that, that Kramer does in mm -hmm. that show is exactly copy-pasted. The jumpy reaction stuff, yes. the slip-slidey. Yeah. Him, slapstick. Him being big and lanky yes, is his shtick. That is his shtick. And yeah, this came out the same month. I was trying to figure out 
was it this movie that helped him get Seinfeld? No, because he no. already had Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. It just happens that they came out the same time. And of course, Seinfeld back in the early, early days was not popular. It was no. not good and either. he wasn't in it that much, I as I understand it. don't remember. I think Kramer was a much less significant yeah. character in the first episodes. Still. I don't want to keep on talking about Michael Richards. No, on. mostly I just wanted to point out how singularly important 1989 was for that man. In, You're <laughs> in not particular. wrong. And there's somebody else in this movie who wasn't that famous yet. And it's Fran Drescher. Yeah. You want to talk about 90s sitcom stars. I think The Nanny started in 1992. Yeah. And it's weird because she had been in movies before this. Sure. Like she's in fucking... I think she's in Saturday Night Fever. Really? I think so. She's in Spinal Tap, if you remember. I don't remember that. The whole that. smell the glove thing. That's She's like God. involved there. But yeah, so she had bit parts in the late 70s and into the 80s. She had a pretty big part here. She did, but she did not make a splash until she had her own TV show. Sure. So she had at least been in the industry making yes. stuff. And until someone realized, oh, you're actually really good, let's apply this character that you have to your own show because then it's your voice. Right. That's the thing about Fran Drescher. She is that person, but they amp it up to make it a character. Yeah. Like, she does have a nasally voice. She's not as nasally as the nanny named Fran. <laughs> no. Yeah. If you were to go to Fran Drescher, like, she would be a normal person. She would just have to amp everything up to be the nanny. Yep. From from the 90s TV show. Yes. And so when you see here, she is being Fran Drescher. She's just much more subdued Fran Drescher. Sure. <laughs> uh, what else do you want to talk about in this movie? There's so many little moments and stupid things that just made me cackle. Yeah. So we start off with the Raiders of the Lost Ark parody, a movie parody, which I kind of figured Weird Al making a movie. He is famous for music parodies and music video yeah. parodies. What I figured is that we were going to get a lot more of that kind of a thing. Like he was going to be for, a musical? But for movies and... Not, not a musical. What I mean is they were going to do a whole bunch of these kinds of parodies, mm-hmm. but for movies. I guess. Yeah, that would make sense. But yeah, it's just a fantasy. And of course, this I'm going to go off topic again, but uh, I know... You haven't watched it with me, but I watched it. There's a documentary called Raiders about a group of guys in like fucking Ohio or somewhere in the 1980s who, when they were teenagers, made a shot for shot remake, the entirety of Raiders of the Lost Ark. You've said this to me before. Yes. It's it's one of those movies where it's like if you ever fucked around with a camera and made movies with your friends, you will love this documentary. The whole crux of it is the only scene they couldn't do as teenagers was the airplane because it's too big and expensive and how do 14-year-old schmucks right. figure that out in the 80s? And yeah. they got an actual budget and they actually did it in like six years ago. <laughs> and so it's all shot out of sequence and they're like 12 and then 16 and then 40 and then 12. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Because it that's took great. them several summers. But that's what made me think of at the beginning of this because it's just that. It's a guy who loves this movie, yeah. fantasizing about this movie. And like he gets there and it's a fucking Academy Award is the <laughs> idol that he's going to steal. <laughs> and then instead of doing the iconic thing with the bag and swapping it out, he just says, ah, screw it. And he throws the bag and just steals it. <laughs> so yeah. it's a lot of that kind of thing. Right. And like going through the cave and get, getting into like these obstacles, he literally comes across a bunch of warning signs. Like, like construction. Like literal signs <laughs> yep. warning you. Danger. Do not go. <laughs> Don't cross. And like I told Betsy while we were watching it, this is like straight out of a Mel Brooks kind of a movie. Yep. It's that kind of humor. But, like, just splayed across the screen. If Mel Brooks was is not a personal hero to Al, to Al Yankovic, I would be yeah. shocked. Because he's the right age, and yeah. he was making movies when this guy was a kid. Yeah. Like, they speak the same stupid language. Yeah, and I would hope that Mel Brooks is also a fan of this movie. Yes, it's dumb. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I've wasted so yeah. many years not watching this stupid movie. <laughs> it's incredible, yeah. But yeah, uh, he's. this is just a dream, of course. He wakes up and he's working in a burger joint with his friend. I never got the friend's name. It doesn't matter. But yeah, they get fired. And, you know, you would think that in a movie, if you have dream sequences where things are silly... Things won't necessarily be silly when you're out of the the dream sequence, but that that worry is laid to rest right away because the large owner of the establishment throws them out of the building. Big Edna or whatever her name is. Whatever her is. name is, and she throws them out literally and plop. It's like 10 seconds before they hit the ground. <laughs> Again, this is fucking cartoonish, but it's still funny. Yeah, and then they like live in an apartment, but it's next to a karate studio. Right. And the beginner class, they throw them out the windows and punch holes through walls. Uh-huh. And it's just absurd. And then like he makes his roommate and friend a treat. It's a Twinkie wiener. It is a Twinkie hot dog with cheese whiz on it. Oh, God, that looked like the most horrific thing I may have ever seen in a movie to watch. And then he dipped it in milk. I didn't see the milk. He dipped it in milk and he ate it. You know, I'm not, you, you experiment sometimes with snack foods. I'm not ever going to try a Twinkie wiener. Uh. <laughs> you know, he actually used a knife to cut it open. He did. He treated it with such care. <laughs> to make he has his, done this before. To make his friend happy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's the joke. Like you said, they're, they're next to a karate dojo thing. And I don't know. He's like late for a date with his girlfriend or something. There's a running joke. What time is it? What time is it? And then someone punches through the wall that (laughs) just happens to have a watch on. And he grabs the arm and looks at the watch. (laughs) Oh, hey, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, it's just the visual gags just over and over and over again that just make this movie special. Yeah, like in the next scene, he's... He's worried about the time because he's supposed to meet his girlfriend, who is played by Victoria Jackson. Do you know who that is? She's She was on SNL. She was. So this is probably either when she was on or right after. Yeah. Um, and she is not really 
She just she's shows not, up she's once not in a while. No. Uh, and she's not that relevant to this plot, except that they're together. He's a bad boyfriend and yeah. she dumps him and he spends the rest of the movie trying to get her back. But yeah, he, he shows up and it's just the the fervor with which he delivers some of his lines. Like when he sees her at the apartment, he screams something about losing his job oh, and then immediately right. segues to mashed potatoes, my favorite. You shouldn't have. <laughs> and then he's just like scooping the entire bowl of potatoes onto his plate. And then it turns into a close encounters parody where he's making the mountain out of mashed potatoes. Is that what that's from? That is what that is from now the only reason i know that reference is because the simpsons did it oh a lot of people have done it and trent the fact that we've still not watched the movie is really frustrating to me but we're gonna get to it sometime but yes that is what that is he basically is having visions and he he envisions the mountain and he makes it out of mashed potatoes all right yep that there's a lot of movies that parody that in particular, especially throughout the 80s and 90s when that movie was still semi-new and relevant to people. Well, Homer makes it out of mashed potatoes, like, but he makes a uh, a circus tent. A circus tent. Because <laughs> this is the episode where he goes to clown college. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Homer Simpson has had a long and varied life of careers. Uh, the Simpsons have parodied every single movie that has ever been known to man. They need content. They've been on for 30 plus years. Uh-huh. That also started in 1989, didn't it? It's a big year. Big year. Big year. Uh, yeah, and then like they go to a party. Yeah, we transition into this ball, this just party awkwardly. thing. Awkwardly. Like, there's no rhyme yeah. or reason. They just show up at a party. Yeah. And it's just as a way to introduce his uncle and move the plot forward. Yeah. But like he's trying to give a dog punch out of the bowl and then when he's unsuccessful and has to go talk to somebody he puts the dog in the punch bowl of course <laughs> it's just weird it's funny Stupid. why would you ever do that so do it that's ma- that's what makes it funny i guess so uh, and yeah, like they go to the studio and there's an old man out front who's just like, you got any change? <laughs> and he says, yeah, yeah. And he takes out his handful of coins and the guy's like 75, 85, one dollar. And then he gives him a dollar <laughs> and he takes the change. This is probably the best joke in the entire movie. And it's so small. It is so small. Have you got any change? <laughs> it's all how you phrase it. <laughs> and he's just oh like the God. perfect, like weird old man with like the underbite yeah. and no teeth. And he's just like dirty and homeless looking. Yep. But clearly he's doing all right for himself because he just needs coins for this dollar. That's all. Yeah. He's got a dollar. It's fine. (laughs) He just needs the coins. He's got to go to the laundromat. And yeah, it just like they show the the rival station. There's an evil station manager at Channel 8 who's who's got a network. He doesn't care about this piddly little outfit. They're not doing anything of consequence. They're going to be out of business in five minutes. Yeah. So I'm going to ask an obvious question. And this is probably just a dated thing because technology has changed. All right. Uh, UHF is that I assume ultra high frequency is that what that stands for I don't for? know what it stands for but there was I think VHF and UHF stations yeah there were different kinds of uh 
different kinds of broadcasting for like local stuff. It's kind of like AM and FM okay. for radio stations. But in this case, it's, it's for television. And your antenna can pick up different kinds of stations. But of course, back in the 80s and 90s and 2000s, before we changed over to everything digital, you had to... It was just how the station was built. And yeah. I think the UHF stations were the old, old style, like AM was. Mm-hmm. And then we got VHF stations. You could have more stuff These on. are like the 1950s and 60s, early days of television. Yes. We've still got the tech, so we're going to use it, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just because I was like, you know, I haven't really stopped to consider what the hell that is. Right. It, it is a, a much lower power kind of a, a, a television station that wouldn't broadcast nearly as far. It's a local like, syndicate, this stuff yeah. is just for that town. Yeah, and that's why they're the little guy and the whole thing at the end of the movie is this is yeah. important to this town. Yeah, it's a community thing. An unnamed city. They never say where nope. they are. Nope. We don't know what state, what city. We have no idea. All I saw in the credits was a, a special thanks to the citizens of o- uh, the city in Oklahoma. Yeah, so they clearly filmed it in Oklahoma because Maybe. I guess that's how you get a, a budget. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Money goes a lot further in Oklahoma than it does in LA, let's say. But anyway, I, I digress. Uh, yeah, so there's an evil station manager at the other station who is just you know an absolute 1980s over the top cliche oh yeah villain and he's just you know rude to his children who run the station with him and he's barking orders and everybody is terrified of him and he fires the janitor and then realizes his own mistake was oh well the janitor stole the paperwork and threw it away oh no i was sitting on it ha 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 ha, ha. i'm so funny yeah and the cartoonish laugh yeah. maniacal laugh maniacal laugh maniacal laugh <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, Michael Richards is the janitor over at the other station. He's worked there for 15 years. And it's his mop, Trent. That's his mop. He's had it since he was eight years old. (laughs) He got it for his birthday. It's his best friend. Oh my God. Oh, I don't like when, you know, movies depict people who are simpletons, who are not. No, this one goes a little bit far. Yeah. And, and Michael Richards has never had the buck teeth like that. No, they give him some stupid teeth. He acts like a fool. He never stops talking. Yeah. He loves being a janitor, so he must be a moron. And, you know, they do it inoffensively. They don't They don't play it up. No. Except for what Michael Richards does himself. But it, it is it is fairly inoffensive for what it is. Right. For 1989. They anyway. also make him the hero in some yeah. ways because they, they are don't like, talk down do you want a do you want a TV show? And he just goes, can I still be a janitor? Right. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure, buddy. That, that's actually pretty cool. And the only thing that happens is, you know, he talks a lot. So the the bad guys, all they want to do is shut him up. Yeah, please just be quiet. Yeah. For the love of God, we yeah. cannot handle this anymore. But he's like really good with children. He They put totally. him on a TV show for kids and it turns into the smash hit because kids love him because yeah. he just talks their language. Yeah, so let's start getting into some of the, the, the show names and just the stuff that they're just putting on the air. Oh, my God. The first thing that we have is a, just a an interview show with Weird Al talking to the townsfolk called Town Talk. Town Talk. The first one they have is 
with the local like shop class teacher. Yep. Played by Emo Phillips. Who is Emo Phillips? He is a comedian, and that's all I know. <laughs> Emo Phillips is a is a guy who is also uh, this is the second in a row time I've mentioned this thing. He was in the Aristocrats. Okay. Like, and, I know the name, but I'm like, I don't yeah. know who that man is. And you were like, oh, it's, a, it's that guy. I was like, who? He has this very unique voice. Okay. And I don't really know what else he's done other than some other comedic things. And a lot of other comedians know him. He shows up, he's a little weirdo, and then yeah. he goes away. <laughs> he's just kind of a little weirdo. But anyway, we have this shop class demonstration. Of, and he's a little weirdo. <laughs> and he's a little weirdo. And he cuts his damn thumb off. Yes, he does. He saws off his own thumb on a table saw. And he asks, is my face red? Oh, look at his <laughs> boy. Is my face red? And there's just gushing blood shooting him, like uh-huh. spurting absurdly all over the set. There's a in lot his of face. like fake limbs in this show. There are. <laughs> there are a lot of fake limbs in this. Uh, so that's the first one that he does. Then all of a sudden, we get these ads. Oh, God, these, like, the ads are tremendous. Locally produced ads are Betsy and I's favorite. Uh, and I'm just saying that in general. Like, where we live, we don't get a lot of them. Everyone in this town knows the jingles. Like, sure. anybody in this little community that has paid for a jingle, you'd better believe we have heard it until we want to, you know, 20 scratch years. our eyes 20 out. 20 years. You pay, <laughs> you pay for a jingle once, that is burned into everybody's brains. Yeah, for stuff that doesn't even exist anymore. Sure. Yeah, and there is some gems, some gems in this here movie. <laughs> the first one we come across is, I, I think, is a brilliant, dare I say, <laughs> uh, Spatula City. Spatula City. <laughs> ah, open till midnight. And as we mentioned, they have a jingle. And I don't know the tune, but they say, Spatula City, we sell spatulas, and that's all. And that's it. <laughs> that's all. That's it. Oh. And they're like, buy nine, get one for a penny. Because <laughs> they're it's, having a blowout sale. And, and it's just keep on, keeping on showing different scenes of like, hey, give one to your to your significant other. Christmas. Give, it, give them to your, to your family, to your children on Christmas. There's also a commercial for Mortuary are us. No, oh, no, I'm sorry. no. Plots are us. Plots mor- are us. Mortuary with salad bar. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't catch the salad there bar. Was salad I was. Bar. I was too distracted by the opening where they were like, "Are you tired of shoddy funerals?" And there's like arms and legs yeah, sticking, sticking out, out of the, the cemetery. <laughs> No, I missed that entirely. And as we mentioned, like, he imagines in the middle of the movie about this point, uh, a Beverly Hillbillies spoof to the tune of uh, Money for Nothing and Tricks for Free. Yeah, by Dire Straits, they do a Money for Nothing complete redo parody thing. With the computer animation and everything. It's the I Want My MTV thing. Beverly Beverly, Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> it's perfect. And this was just, I've never heard this song. Have you? I don't know. If I have, it's like once. It's this whole damn parody hidden within this gem of a movie. Yeah. 
Who it's, knew? Who knew? People have seen this movie, not me. <laughs> Very few people have actually seen this movie. Right, like I knew there was a UHF song. Like they yeah. play that yeah, during yeah, yeah. the credits. But there's that one. And then there's some other ones sort of sprinkled throughout. Like his uncle is floating in the pool and he's listening to some song that's like right, he's Hog got a, Heaven he's got a or boom some box. crap. Yeah, he's got a boombox next to the pool. And it's Weird Al on yeah. the radio screaming about sure. Hog something or other. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Like, there's a weird moment. Like, I just want to bring up this moment because it made me laugh, and I think it made you laugh, too. He's talking to his friend at the station, chucking grapes at him. Yeah. And his friend has a continuous stream of thought. Of dialogue. While catching grapes, and he doesn't miss any. Like, they don't yeah. edit this out. It's not, like, back and forth and yeah. showing the and best that's ones. real. He catches four grapes in a row while delivering his lines. It's yeah. a stupid moment. It doesn't need to be in this movie. But I was impressed. So but because I like... they did it, why not put it in the movie? Right. We're just going to keep throwing grapes at How many takes did that take? I want to know. I would like to know how many takes did they actually do with just fucking around. Hey. Yeah. Hey, hey, dude, I don't know the name of. I'm going to I'm gonna just throw some grapes at you and just keep continue on with your dialogue. Don't if you stop. can do it, you were going to put it in the movie. Yep. Who cares? Yep. There's no cuts there. It's just straight. 23 grapes. I don't care. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> How many bundles of grapes did they buy? <laughs> That's the stories that I want to know. Oh, yes. Uh, what else? There's like other random TV shows. Uh, like their engineer is this weird mad scientist dude named right. Philo or yeah, Philo. Philo, Philo, and he has a show called Secrets of the Universe. And we are f- revealed at the very end of the movie he's actually an alien. He's an alien, and he has to go back to his planet Zarkon, and. He really is an alien and he flies away in a stream of blue light. <laughs> and they do the 80s like claymation thing with yep. his face. Oh, yeah. God. What studio made all those? Because I have to imagine that's such an iconic style. It looks like the same people who did Tim Burton's stuff. Yeah. It's it's like the Tim Burton thing or it's uh, it's maybe... It's not a Jim Henson thing, is it? No. No. No, he was more... But like Pee Wee did a lot of that stuff. But that's the same thing. Tim Burton. Is that what that is? Tim Burton it directed Pee Wee's Big it, Adventure. It must be Tim Burton stuff. Whoever whoever works for Tim Burton, top notch. Way to go. At least in the 80s. Uh, what else? There's Raul's Wild Kingdom where he teaches poodles how to fly. And he's <laughs> just throwing dogs out the window. And they literally have a cut where he is a mountain of dogs. A mountain of poodles. Dead Outside poodles. his apartment dead. building. They're dead, Betsy. And then when they show him later, he gets a delivery of new animals. And one of them is badgers. And he just got, he does the thing. And I, I said it he before. He does the thing. He said it before he even says it. We don't need no stink and badgers. <laughs> uh, did I write this movie, Betsy? You might have. I don't know, Trent. Uh, s- uh, some other ones we get right after that. We get Bowling for Burgers. Yep. Which is a bowling reality show, maybe? A cooking show? We're not sure. I, I don't actually know. But uh, we've got Bowling for Burgers. We have Celebrity Mud Wrestling with the first one being Mikhail Gorbachev. Yeah, he's a big get for that network. <laughs> you know, in 1989, uh, he wasn't doing much else, so why not? Yeah, no, 1989 was a very insignificant year for the Russians. Nothing at all happening in the Soviet Nothing Union. at all. In the Soviet <laughs> bloc in general. It's true. Uh, we already mentioned Gandhi 2. And then later on, we get this whole fucking 
Rambo parody. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, my God, Betsy. I think this was maybe second on my list of most funny things. He it, has he so, has basically no lines in the entire so thing. So many of these he has no lines. It's just a lot yeah. of him like grunting. Yeah, in and, the Raiders in the Raiders parody, nope. he didn't say a word. Nope. Uh it's just him his subconscious going wild and just creating these things out of whole cloth. And it's it's just so funny. He's bare chested and he's got a weird prosthetic, so he's like all sweaty yeah, and Yeah, he's muscular. got a muscle suit. There's on. veins like sticking out. Did Which you notice? Clear, that? It's clearly all plastic. <laughs> and he does things like gets really, really close within four feet of a guy and shoots him with an arrow and he explodes. Well, like the, the guy is shooting him from a one foot away. With a machine gun. And like shooting him continually. Doesn't hit him. And doesn't hit him because, no. of course, this is his dream. That's He's right. He's not going to be defeated in his no. dream. No. And like when he gets shot, he catches a bullet in his mouth and then he shoots it out like a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> and he blows up the Eiffel Tower well, like, and the Coliseum. And then like the fucking, the, on the, when they're trying to escape, there's like, a, a, the shot is up on the hill and there's like a dozen guys up there. He shoots the gun a, a little while and he like is spraying from right to left. And then when, when it cuts back... <laughs> To all the people at the top, they all get shot at the same they time. They fall simultaneously. At the same time. Yes. Oh. It's just like, stupid. I love it. It's so dumb. It's, it's wonderful. It's so dumb. Um, it, it's, that's the shit that makes me laugh the most. Because, of course, you can make a parody of Rambo. But if you don't put your little touch on it, if you don't give a wink to the audience to know, hey, I'm with you. This is fucking stupid and I'm going to make it more funny. Well, and then there's like, they kidnap Stanley, Michael Richards' character. Yeah. And there's these like Italian mobster thug dudes. Yep. And when they show them in the room, you would think they'd be playing poker or something. No, they're playing jacks and one yep. has a cat's cradle and yep. one has one of those little toys, mazes with a ball and he's like trying to <laughs> shuffle it around. Just subverting your expectations entirely. And one of those guys, I was like, he looks so familiar. I had to look him up. He's in the Shawshank Redemption. He's one of the other prisoners, like the main goon. He's one of Andy's buddies. Huh. Yeah. I'd have to go back and look at that. Yeah, I thought he looked really familiar. He's not one of Is he the really tall guy? No, he's just one of the dudes who doesn't have a lot of lines but he's in the movie enough that you'd recognize him if i pointed him out to you okay and yeah they end the movie because his uncle loses a bunch of money and they have to raise seventy-five thousand dollars to keep the station otherwise the evil newsman the evil station guy is gonna buy the station and shut him down where have we heard this story before (laughs) (laughs) again did they did Did Jason Siegel just literally watch this movie and say, I could do that, but with Muppets? Because <laughs> that's what it feels like. Again, I love the Muppets. I freaking love that movie. Yeah. I laughed harder than the small children in the theater when we saw that. We've told they the were story. making faces at me. I don't care. We laughed so hard in that theater. The children judged us. They did. That's how hard we laughed. But same thing. They have a big telethon and they're selling shares of the station yeah. to the town so that they can all 
participate and it's not a fundraiser. You're not just giving us money. You're actually right. getting something. You're getting something out of it. Yep. Because they probably know no one's going to spend that much money. There's probably not a lot of people who live in this town. No. You're not going to get 7,500 people to give you $10 just for because for nothing but they know that the station is is successful they're number one trend they are number that's fucking stupid <laughs> it's the ratings we are number one they have they show the shot of an entire bar worth of grown-ass adults <laughs> who are fascinated by stanley doing yes. his kids show yes he gives like this metaphor, but he's right. not even doing it on purpose. He's just no. talking and it's how he talks. And he's like, sometimes a mop is like life and you need to wring it out and, you know, get really down there and scrub with a toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, it is like life. And I feel so much better now. I have a little pep talk. Wow. And, and of course they managed to achieve what they set out to do and at the last minute the little homeless looking guy comes around and gives them two thousand dollars because he was given a penny that's worth a fortune <laughs> right he went out and bought a rolex and he donated did. the rest of the money they needed he did and then the villain is just left like sad and distraught and he gets and, kicked in the nuts and he gets kicked in the nuts and that's how you end villains in the 80s. They, you kick them in the nuts. If you're not going to like throw them off a building or if it's not a rated R movie, sure, why not? Kick them in the nuts. Yeah. It's like idiocracy all over again. Ow, my balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, there was one more thing I wanted to bring up just apropos of nothing. So the other guy, the villain, has three sons, I assume, who are these people. At least one of them is his son. Yeah. Who, they're his little goons who run the station. And there's a moment where one of them's like, hey, you should really uh, be aware that this station is like getting some traction. And he's wearing uh, an idiotic hat. It's like a cowboy hat with a raccoon tail or something. Yeah, it's got like a whole bunch of like uh, jewels and whatever else on it's the hat. It's a stupid, stupid hat. And it's hat. got the fucking tail on the back. And yeah, the the TV station guys is take that ridiculous thing off, and then he just gotta get sad, and he rips his fake mustache off instead. <laughs> oh, oh, it's just again every ah, chef's kiss, gem, just fucking perfect gem of a stupid moment. Like genuinely, it's like Mel Brooks walked so that Weird Al <laughs> could run. <laughs> Oh, it's true, though. And it's so niche that I understand why this probably didn't do well in the theater and that it has not had a lot of success other than being this cult movie for yeah. the weirdos like us. Yeah. This is a fucking this, hysterical movie. This movie was made for us. And I'm I Mr. Mr. Yankovic. I apologize on behalf of both of us here at this podcast yes, sir. for not seeking this movie out earlier and singing its praises. My God. Oh my God. I want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie and I get like, this is, this is never going to be one of those cult movies that overcomes its cult status. It will always be a cult movie. Because this is the kind of thing, it's like, hello, you know, 
12-year-old me or 12-year-old yeah. child. I'm going to show you this stupid movie while you're a kid and love dumb humor and sure. grow up loving dumb things like I do. And then you can show your children yeah. the dumb movie. And it will go on like this forever. <laughs> and really, this movie is tame enough for kids. Absolutely. I, I don't, it's just I think stupid PG, enough. I think it's PG-13, but the objectionable things about it are like the blood stuff. And it's goofy. The way and, they yeah. approach it is so None fake. of it is realistic It's not all. offensive. It's just absurd and you know it's absurd. Uh-huh. And you just go along with it because it's so goddamn funny. Speaking of stuff, stuff like that, uh, the, the one last thing I wanted to mention before we moved on to emails, the mystery, like, rich guy... Who is like, I'm going to break your thumbs type, type of guy. Oh, yeah. The the bookie or whatever. Sure. There's a scene at the very end where he's calling his uncle up and says, you owe me this much money. Your, your ponies didn't come in or whatever. And all it is is a shot from behind him. He's sitting at his desk. He's on the phone. like He's got a cigar in his hand. And for some reason in one of the shots, it's like rotating off. And he's like twisting off his arm and it gets re- it gets replaced with a cleaver. And then someone just r- puts in a slab of meat for him to cut a with the meat cleaver. A large sausage, question mark? Sure. And he just, bang, cuts it. Yep. It's He's like a Dr. Claw type. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you never see his face. Nope. He is this cartoonish villain. <laughs> so 1980s. I love it. I love it. This movie's amazing. And I really just... I really hope if you've listened this far and you haven't seen this movie that you will seek this out. Yeah. Because my God, the joy I feel this evening, (laughs) the joy I feel, I feel closer to you now, Trent. (laughs) I feel like we've just taken our relationship to an entirely deeper level Mm -hmm. of stupid. And by the way, (laughs) after we got done watching the movie, uh, in the intro, I mentioned, oh, I didn't see that Star Wars thing that Weird Al did about uh, Phantom Menace. Yep. Yeah, we went to watch it. Uh, no, I've never seen that before. Oh my God. It's really good. We're just going to go down a Weird Al rabbit hole now. I yes, know, we are. I know how you function. And the second oh, we yeah. finish recording things like this, you always go down the deep end. And we will spend the next three days watching Weird Al music videos because that's how you are. Yeah. And it's how I as am. As soon as we watched that one i was just kind of scrolling through the youtube thing and it suggested to me uh, all about the pentiums oh my god it's so fucking nerdy so 90s it's so it's 90s it's so fucking nerdy i love it i love, I love it. weird al weird I al love, i love weird al i love I, you i will not i will not hesitate to say you know what though the weirdest thing about this whole situation the fact that we've never seen him in concert yeah. How have we made it this far in our lives? He's toured in the past 10 years He's plus. He's played in this town. Really? He performed in this town at least once, if not twice. Hmm. And we have not seen him. Now, I will say, you might not have lived here yet. Because yeah. it was quite a while ago, or you had just moved here. And that I would have been it. 23 years ago. Yeah, so he probably played here soon after you moved here. Okay. But how would you have known that? And I certainly didn't go. No, and I wouldn't have been a fan because I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't into that kind of thing yet. 
No, I, you didn't have me to make you a big weird weirdo. <laughs> it's true. But I do now. Yay! That's a let's read an email. Let's read an email. Uh, we're going to read an email from Stephanie about Idiocracy, the first movie of our cult classic series. Yes, sir. She says, I loved this movie when it came out. A lot of the jokes have not aged well. However, to this day, my family will say, Welcome to Costco. I love you. <laughs> or Upgrade, the way Maya Ru- Rudolph says it. Or... But it has electrolytes. It's what plants crave. Yeah. Those are all good lines. I, l- I love that Costco line. Yeah. Welcome to Costco. I love you. I want to just go into Costco one day and it. say it to the people who are checking for your, your membership card. Welcome to Costco. I wonder. I wonder if they've ever had that happen to them. If they did, around here seems unlikely. Probably not. You've got to find a young person, and they never have a young person standing at the door. You're right. If they had a young person, I would do it in a second. But it's always somebody who looks like they could be our sweet aunt, and I would feel weird doing that. (laughs) You know, who cares? (laughs) Uh, Back to the email. I see a lot of fact in the beginning explanation as to why the world has gotten dumber. I like to think that the smart people in real life will somehow find a way to keep the world from ending up like this, but I have fears. Yeah. 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 I watch the news quite closely, and it doesn't give me a whole lot of hope, let's say. Yay! Uh, She says, I agree with Betsy, that there would definitely be some separate community of smarties that found a way to survive. Hey, I like smarties. The candy? the candy? I like candy. No, I agree with you, but I don't think my judge was going after that. No, I that think wasn't it, the point, and I know been, that. It would have been a really good kind of a side thing to happen to them, and then they all get killed somehow. Right. Like if the you, stupid people murder them. Right. If, if you Accidentally. Really, if you wanted to make this into a two-hour movie, that could have been a, a great side path that they mm-hmm. could have taken. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Totally. Uh, We are currently on vacation, and I have just been leaving my phone in the condo and taking a book to the beach or playing with my daughter in the sand or in the pool. It is wonderful and freeing. I'm not reading Tolstoy or anything, but just using your brain to imagine the characters doing what is happening in the book is so much better than Facebook or Twitter or whatever the kids do now. TikTok or is there something new? Overall, this movie is dumb but very funny. Love you guys from Superfan Stephanie. Yeah, read a book or something sometimes, guys. Just un- it's okay. Just unplug. You don't need to... Just, just stop scrolling. Sometimes I have to tell Betsy, Betsy, stop scrolling. I sometimes stop have it. to tell you that, too. It's it true. It goes both ways. I, go on, I, I mainly do it on Twitter. You do it on Instagram. It's true. For, for me, Twitter is... There's... It, there's, there's an end to Twitter, though. There's a reason I have not joined TikTok, because I have understood oh. from other people that it is absolutely the void. It, I get it a little bit Betsy, on it's, Instagram, it's but worse. it is worse on it's TikTok. It's worse than Instagram. I had TikTok for a very short amount of time. I lost hours on TikTok. Without even realizing it. Without even realizing it. Yeah. Because it just sucks you in. And the more you do, the more it tells you things you'll like. Because it knows what you paid attention to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a void and you cannot. I deleted it from my phone a while back. It was the best thing to do. I, I appreciate it for what it is. 
I am too old and get too addicted. I am moving away from yeah. the TikTok. No, the, 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 and the only thing like that we create content wise, we are not real content creators except for this little thing we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't do that. Because number one, nobody wants to see this face. And number two... They don't want to see us dancing. We, we don't yeah, Nobody dance. wants to see us dance or perform or do anything like stupid. Like the husband and wife things out there are kind of funny, but that's been done to death. Yeah. We'll leave it to the other, the other yeah. generations. But yes, I agree. It's good to just unplug sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like Betsy and I have mentioned it. We're taking another vacation soon. We're actually kind of recording a little bit in advance here so if we run out of emails number one that's your fault (laughs) dear listeners for not emailing us you cannot leave stephanie to be the sole breadwinner here (laughs) stephanie and mitch seem to be uh, the ones holding all the weight here so all the rest of y'all get to it start emailing us i don't care if it's just two sentences i want to read it let's go let's go come on thank you stephanie again for all of your emails including this one If you would like to follow our instructions and email us, I'm pretty sure you can figure that out. The email address is neverseenitpod at gmail.com. We mentioned Twitter. We don't tweet that much, but you can follow us. Neverseenit underscore pod on the Twitter. If you want to support the show, you can by clicking the link in the podcast description to throw us a buck. Please also share the episodes with your friends and rate us on iTunes and Spotify. And that's going to be the end of the show. Betsy, we got one more to go. One more cult classic coming your way. We mentioned it before. It's going to be another one from the 80s. Mm -hmm. A movie that Betsy has seen that I have not. Yep. So we're going to leave you with that. This has been Never Seen It. My name is Trent. My name is Betsy. And we'll catch you with the finale. Bye. Bye.